This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us here in this Cinco de Mayo. Bienvenidos. Earlier today I had a fantastic conversation with our great Lieutenant Governor of North Dakota. We did a legislative recap conversation really talking about okay these guys spent eight and women spent 80 days in Bismarck. What did they really get done for you? What did they do to improve the quality of your life here in North Dakota? So here's part one of our conversation with North Dakota Lieutenant Governor Brent Sanford. Lieutenant Governor, it's great to see you. Um, thank you for giving us some time today. I want to do a little legislative recap with you. So let's start with uh, a lot happened this session. For the people watching, the people at home in North Dakota, what's the best thing you got done for the people of North Dakota in this session? Well, I have to say keeping taxes down, property tax relief continued, um, kept budget on track during a, bi during a biennium that included a pandemic and uh, um, actually reducing a couple of taxes that people might not have noticed and doing away with almost doing away with the coal severance tax for one. Um, I think that, that was that's pretty historic to be able to do something like that after going through a pandemic. But but the you know, as far as keeping the holding the line on taxes and and growing government, we also uh, um, are super excited about the, the trifecta of legacy fund bills. And so when you hear the governor and I talk, we'll be talking about the legacy trifecta with House Bill 1425 was reinvesting up to 20 percent of the actual principal, actual corpus of our sovereign wealth fund, the legacy fund from the oil and gas taxes within the state boundaries of North Dakota. That's something that we didn't have that specific legislative intent before this point, and now we do. That's very specific in House Bill 1425. That's gonna open up a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurs, as well as low-cost financing for political subs, which indirectly keeps taxes down as well. Um, the second piece of that trifecta was something really important to, to the, the Valley, really important to Fargo, Moorhead, West Fargo area. Uh, House Bill 1380 was the bonding bill that was uh, utilizing another stream of those earnings from our legacy fund, Again, oil tax dollars, revenues from that legacy fund to repay bonds for infrastructure. And the lion's share of that, 430 million out of the 680 is for the FM diversion to finish out that project and fully fund the state's legislative intent on supporting the diversion. The third piece of that legacy fund trifecta is House Bill 1380. House Bill 1380 was representative like Mike LaFour from Dickinson, was um, um, Senator Ron Sorvog from the Senate side pushing through how are we going to handle and address the citizens' concerns about what is the legacy fund doing for me? And I, the last two things I mentioned with investments out of the fund, low interest loans out of the fund, and, and bonding to pay for infrastructure out of the fund, how does that affect citizens by keeping that property tax base down by having the state pay for some of these projects and also having capital for new companies? But, but what else, what, how does this really affect me? And the earnings stream coming off of an $8 billion fund is now up to the five to $700 million range. And so that's a lot of funds coming into the general fund that have to be reinvested in the state as well out of whatever parameters you put around them. And so, and so instead of just having it be a general fund allocation to plug the budget holes, what are we gonna do to be visionary and transformational with that? And um, speaking of the bonding, the first, the first $150 million had to come out to pay for those bonds out of the out of the estimated um, next time we're estimating 776 million of legacy earnings and so 150 million had to come out to pay for those bonds um, also sending back 
road money back to the local political subdivisions of 60 million is the intent. And the, the bucket that I am most excited about is what was called other legislative purposes. And they fought about this until the last week of the session of, of are we going to have university research coming out of legacy fund earnings? Are we going to have a specific amount specified set aside for that? The, the second piece is the Clean Sustainable Energy Fund up to 30 million. I'll get that to, to that in a second. And then the last one is what was important to Senator Sorbog and Representative Nathy in, in terms of the bills that they were supporting this session, and that's research, innovation, and workforce, up to $30 million of continuing continuing funding from those legacy earnings. So I, I feel we're really tackling a lot of those big, big ticket items that people have been talking about for the four years we've been in office and the years before us. What are we going to do with these legacy funds? And we feel there's a great roadmap and plan moving forward to to utilize those, invest in our state, transform our economy, keep the, the, the price and cost of government, the size of government at, an, at a level and hopefully reducing and keep those taxes down as well. That's what I was gonna ask. I mean, that was a lot there. So for the, the person at home, you would say, hey, the legacy fund is going to lower taxes, keep them steady. What's the yeah. translation? So, so the state is putting in another historic dollar amount of over billions of dollars of local property tax relief and and the the main place you see that is is two billion dollars going out to k-12 and so when you look at your property tax statement you'll see in the upper left corner the state paid portion and it's a large portion if that state dollar wasn't to come in you'd have to have that increase on top of your property tax bill and the state before the oil boom this oil boom before the bakken the state was paying for around 25% of local K-12 education. Now the state is up to 75%. What that's done is allowed teacher pay to go from 47th, 48th, 49th in the nation to more like in the middle of the range of teacher pay. So we feel like we're we're getting the talent. We're, we're paying the teachers for, for the, the professional job they do, for the, the, the amazing responsibility they have with our children, respecting their, their education, their, their competence, et cetera. And, but what that's done is brought a tremendous strain on the general fund, which again is funded through through the oil and gas taxes, largely um, this this amount. And and so so where we're what we're doing is putting in more property tax relief at the local level through that. So we can't express enough how much this, the legislature and and the administration have done to keep pushing dollars from the general fund from the oil tax revenue streams that we have back to the local level to keep those taxes lower so, and, and as you know every time we talk if you're if you have a problem with those property taxes increasing look at what your assessment what <laughs> happened to your assessment and then you've got to go back to your your local city council county commission school board of why did those mills follow the valuation up you shouldn't have needed that same increase to to grow government in our local areas and local jurisdictions so those local school board county commission and city commission positions are very important to keep the spending down and not just not just rise that spending up with the valuation increases. Lieutenant Governor, you, you read my mind. I guess if you don't mind, because I know people we always hear, hey, the state's paying down this, hasn't really worked to lower property taxes. And it seems like right now with all this COVID money, some local jurisdictions, some shit cities, I don't know if this is the right term, but I think you could interpret our wash and money. So Coach us through, what's the conversation, you're a mayor, what's the conversation people watching right now should have with their local mayor, city council person, in order to keep their taxes, not even just steady, but down, because you guys are spending so much money on, on the schools. Right. 
So, so the conversation, this is very, this is, this is what we went through during the Bach. And I can tell you when, when your community grows 10 times and the valuation of individual properties was rising at the, the max of 40% a year for a while, we had to reduce mills, reduce mills, reduce mills, keep reducing the mills so that the person's property tax that is staying in the same house throughout this exponential growth doesn't see their property taxes rising at that same rate as the rest of the city. And so, so you have to be cognizant of what is an individual taxpayer looking at and, and, the, and the ways that it can actually work to our advantage as a taxpayer is if the cities receive extra money that can be utilized for infrastructure projects that normally would have been specialed out or added onto the general levy. If it's something that the schools can utilize some of these funds to, to, to actually reduce the amount they're asking for from the property taxpayer. The amount that's coming from the, from the state is an actual, another record of 10,200 or 300 or so per pupil. Yeah. And so that's gonna be, that's gonna be a, a, a constant. So there should be no blame able to come back at the legislature or the state for the property tax mill levy from the schools. If you, if you take into account the federal money that's coming in, there's, there's gotta be accountability of, of, can this come back as a reduction to the mills you're asking for from the property taxpayer? So basically go to your local people and say, hey, cut the mills and continue to have that conversation. So we talked about some of the big accomplishments. I think anytime you go into a session, I would presume you've got sort of an idea of things that you want to accomplish. We're like, oh, we just didn't quite get there. I yeah. guess what was the, the biggest thing that you thought we're going to get this done this session, but you didn't? Well, there aren't very many. As a matter of fact, I was just I was just talking through with our, our chief of staff and and um this is this might sound kind of silly, but I don't know how many people are paying attention to. I'll bring attention to it that the um, electronic pull tab machines when they when these things passed out two sessions ago and then and then were further clarified last session. People were envisioning a a, a tabletop type unit where you're kind of like when you're waiting at the Olive Garden and you have the this, this handheld machine to play on, and it turns out all of a sudden two years later they show up as as slot machines all over the state, not at not at the reservation casinos and not in Las Vegas and and not in on a riverboat casino, but they're they're showing up in 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 a lot of bars and a lot of of uh, DFWs, etc. And and so there was a lot of conversation from the attorney general's office about trying to get a handle on administration of these. We saw the general fund tax from gaming go up five, six, tenfold from from the, the vast increase of people actually playing pull tabs to playing these e pull tab machines. And, and so there was talk about a moratorium, putting a moratorium in place so that um, there, there's a there's roughly 3,000 machines today, and that is more than the number of of, uh, of slot machines in the in the reservation casinos, by the way, which is so it's phenomenal growth in a short amount of time, and it's it's something where we'll we'll see what happens in the interim, what happens next session, with with what happens to that program. Um, and, you know, another one is is um, um, we we did see. We did see HIF dollars come back, which was a scary one for me. It's something I saw the benefit of housing incentive fund money with a state-led program for low-income housing that really helped us during the oil boom days. I was I helped Governor Dalrymple and and the, and the North Dakota Housing Finance craft that in the, back in the day during the oil boom era, and it's turned into an, a very valuable state tool because federal dollars are very have, very have a lot of strings attached and they're hard to make them work for every program you want to put in place. And, and so you see housing like the LaGrange, the LaGrave up in Grand Forks and the Edmonton and Bismarck that are actual apartment buildings where, where people that find themselves homeless can end up with an apartment 
and stay in that apartment until they get their feet on the ground. So all of a sudden they can have an address, have a warm place to go, bring their kids, have a place to settle in and it's, and it's rent free. And these things have, have proven to save resources at the local level of not having people riding around in police cars on the cold nights, not having to try to round people up and move into warmer, warmer buildings, et cetera, at night. And they've been just a, a real, a real good thing for Grand Forks and Bismarck for the communities as far as community resources. And, and that was one that we worried had gone away from us. We did get some funding back, you know, so the, yeah. this session funding was not the problem. <laughs> there, the funds were available despite the pandemic. We didn't have to dip into our budget stabilization rainy day fund because we had a really strong start right up until the point COVID started. The oil and gas taxes were far ahead of budget. All the tax revenues were ahead of budget. And we kind of cruised through the, the pandemic with the oil came back. So it wasn't as, as much of a crisis as we thought we might be having to look at for the next biennium because oil, oil prices are back. Um, we have an issue with not drilling enough new wells because of the concern with DAPL, which is another topic for another show, I would assume. But, <laughs> but um, anyway, the revenue picture was okay. And, the, and partially because, because $1.4 billion were dumped in by the feds and with with increasing amounts still coming from the feds, it's it's a it's a, it's a head scratcher. It's, it's something where you you saw a few bills in place of well, we want to be able to come back as legislature and decide what to yeah. do with this, and it's it remains to be seen. We don't know what the strings will be. All right, that's part one of our conversation with Lieutenant Governor Sanford. Stick around for part two, and of course, please share your point of view with us. Very easy to do. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.